0: Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Little Left of Center, the podcast that interviews culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground. Do you ever dream of the day that you and your family never get tempted by junk food? You love eating your veggies, and you and your kids are in optimal health because of your smart choices. Yeah, I dream about it every damn meal while pushing down that irritating feeling that I am failing miserably. And I've been on my own food journey since I had my son seven years ago and in an attempt to get rid of any baby weight, Sinking really into an obsessive and dangerously controlling hole a few years back. So it's been really important for me to keep my own health and nutrition in check without passing my own emotional baggage with food onto my kids. If any of this sounds familiar, and especially these days now when you're stuck at home, probably stress snacking more, trying to serve healthy ish food to your families, but falling short due to limited resources. This is the episode for you. Today's guest is Sloane Simon, who is part of the Federation of Nutritional Therapy Practitioners. And through her own journey, through her roller coaster relationship to food, she has created an entire program and focus on helping families eat healthier together while maintaining an evolving and positive relationship to food. And I had so many takeaways and thought-provoking tips on ways to keep my kids and our family healthy, focused, and sharp through our relationships to food since this conversation. So before we get into our chat, I wanted to ask you a two-part favor. One is I recently launched a daily blog, and for me, it's been a great exercise to exercise my ability to write something every day that will resonate. And I've gotten great feedback on the life hacks, relatable observations, and fun diversions to make sure that I'm delivering valuable content that speaks to you every day. If you haven't subscribed yet, will you be part of my tribe? Just go to allisonhair.com and sign up right on the homepage. Secondly, I would love it if you could please subscribe to my podcast, leave a five-star rating and review, and that way you'll make sure that you always get alerted when there is a new episode every Tuesday. And it helps people find me, and it really helps me shape future shows that will only get better with your input. Okay, now to my chat with Sloane Simon. And we're here with Sloan Simon of Simon Says Real Food. And you've got a whole initiative and project to really help families adopt more of more of a whole food mentality, something that's sustainable, something that allows or enables families or empowers families to not succumb to the convenience of the Applebee's and the McDonald's and Chick-fil-A or whatever is out your door and really be able to nourish your kids' bodies. From what I understand, but I have so many questions for you and So many personal (laughs) reasons for having you on the podcast. So if you wouldn't
1: mind, Sloane, please tell me a little bit about your background and and what you're doing. Yeah. So funnily enough, I did not start out in nutrition. I have a bachelor's degree in English and art history, so very opposite of what I'm doing. (laughs) But I went to SMU, and that's where I got my bachelor's degree. And then all through my life, up until college, I had struggled with chronic fatigue. I was on ADD medications, so I struggled with focusing. Um, teachers from when I was young all the way up until high school just always commented on my lack of focus. Mm. And I also was always just a little bit overweight. And when, once I reached, reached college, I kind of reached this point of just wanted to get it fixed. And I, so I hired a personal trainer thinking that that was going to be my road Mm -hmm. of recovery is just, I needed to work out more. That was what was missing. And he was great, but he took me to the grocery store on one of our first visits together and kind of did a grocery crawl with me and showed me the things that I should be eating. And I realized a lot of what I was eating was completely processed and filled with sugar and just convenience foods. And so he showed me the ropes of the grocery store and gave me some recipes to try. And within weeks of doing that, I, I had seen immediate results. I was more clear headed, I was less tired, I had more energy. And then within a couple of months I had dropped the weight and had felt and looked the best that I had in my whole life. And so from there, I just, it sounds crazy, but I had never thought about food being the connection between how I felt. Like food to me was just something that you ate when you were hungry not something that sustains you and gives you life and like you know changes the way that you interact throughout the day and your health. Like I don't I don't know why I had never made that connection I don't until think then. Anybody does.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think <laughs> I think it's not it's it's weird. Like we never as Americans very often this is kind of a really weird dark kind of analogy, but they were talking about rape on college campuses and how prevalent it is. And they yeah. were saying that People are really talking about rape prevention, but the common denominator in all of it was alcohol, and that's never, ever addressed. So as similar as that might be, it's so obvious about the fuel you put in your body, you know, um, just like you would in your car. Are you going to put some, you know, muddy fuel that's in there because it's quick and it's cheap, your car's not gonna run as well. So please go ahead.
1: <laughs> that's such a good analogy because that's exactly like, but I never made that connection that like I was putting sluggish fuel into my body. And so yeah. once I realized the changes, like I felt so great and people were asking what I was doing, I just became more passionate about it. And it kind of just I never thought about it as a career um until a couple of years ago when I I had already I had, had three kids and my youngest was a baby, like three months old or something. And I was talking to my husband because people at the schools that they go to had been commenting on what I put in their lunchboxes and how they wish they had more ideas. And so that's why I started my Instagram. And then um, I just started listening to all of these podcasts about health and wellness and reading all of these books. And I was just so interested in it. And my husband was like, "Why? Why don't you just get certified?" And I was like, "No, I can't do that until the kids are older. Like, I don't have enough time." And he was kind of like, "You need to do this now, or you'll never do it." And so I signed up. Um, I enrolled in the Nutritional Therapy Association program um, to become a nutritional therapy practitioner, and it was a year long program. And I graduated last June, and so that was kind of my segue into um, making this a full time career. What were like the aha
0: moments of when you're learning this of, oh my God, what do you know that you wish other people could know?
1: I think right now there's a big stigma against meat, which is one thing, you know, there's a bunch of documentaries about it and like yeah, game like changers. The,
0: yep. The plant-based
1: yes. athletes, he- game changers. Yes. I hear everybody going plant-based um, as if meat is a is the bad guy. And so that's one big thing that I learned when I was in school is that it is important. It's essential for the human body to have meat in their diet. We don't have to go overboard with it, but it does need to be included. That was, that's a big one. Also, one huge thing that I learned that maybe everybody knew this, but that carbohydrates are really only need to be eaten in the form of fruits and vegetables. And when I was growing up, I always just assumed that carbohydrates were refined goods like bread Mm -hmm. and pastries and bagels and all that stuff, but carbs are actually fruits and vegetables. And so whenever I mention carbs to clients, they think that I'm talking about bread and I'm like, no, it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's just vegetables and fruits and you don't need any other type of carbohydrate besides those. In fact, you don't even need carbohydrates in general. They're not essential for the human body, but they are a good source of quick energy. So we still include them.
0: So talk to me about your mission with families. And I'll, I'll tell you, I am not a foodie in the least. Food is is almost a nuisance to me. Like I, I eat to live and my husband is exactly the opposite. He is a foodie. He loves so much. I don't eat fish. I don't eat onions. I'm very restricted and uh, not restricted, but I'm very, very particular and basic in what I eat. And my husband is... So the opposite. And my kids are like, it it is a fight every single meal except for breakfast of sit down and eat. I was starting to notice that my husband loves to cook. He loves to go to the grocery store. And recently we have been doing the food delivery services. Yeah. And for him, he was saying it is so not a joy to shop anymore because you don't like anything I want and I don't want anything you like and the kids are all fighting so we're kind of at an <laughs> impasse and we're always it's it's a struggle and i'm i'm curious to get your thoughts on i'm sure i'm not alone i'm sure there are people that are similar or certainly in different situations but what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah you're not alone um, so many people struggle with this. In fact, I still struggle with this with my family. Everyone always thinks that like, I have it all figured out. But kids are going to be kids, and they're going to throw tantrums about things and whine about stuff. And um, it happens almost every single time I put a meal down at dinner time, mostly, um, where they throw a little stink about what we're eating. But what I've learned is mindset is huge in this and all aspects of eating. So your mindset about Um, Trying new foods, your mindset about letting go of the control of trying to get your kids to eat certain foods, and just your minds uh, having a positive mindset about all of it. Because one thing that's super important is that. You can make the biggest effort to get your kids to eat nutrient-dense foods, but if they're stressed and if you're stressed while you're eating nutrient-dense foods, your digestive system shuts down. So you've gotten them to actually eat these foods, but their body is not properly absorbing it because Mm. they're not digesting it properly. So I always talk to parents about just trying to stay calm and patient at mealtimes, because that's going to be the best way for your kids to, first of all, not get stressed out at mealtimes, but also just have a positive attitude.
0: I was suspicious that I was absolutely screwing them up with our (laughs) continual yelling and redirection of just get to the table, sit down, sit down, sit down, stop playing, no toys at the table. It's hard. I feel like I am putting a negative aspect, uh, a negative outlook on food into my kids. I've got kids that are seven and four, you know, and if they had their way, like my daughter would eat macaroni and cheese and SpaghettiOs all the time. And my son would eat pancakes and waffles and cantaloupe. He like, he he does like fruit and everything else is kind of a struggle. And it's embarrassing to like, just have to throw your hands up and say, okay, you guys
1: are getting SpaghettiOs because I know you'll eat it. Yeah. And, uh, yes, totally. And I, my kids are the same way. I think what I get frustrated about is that there, okay. So I'll back up a couple months ago, my son went to his first dentist appointment and I thought, you know, like I'm a nutritionist. There's no way that my kids are going to have any cavities or anything. Well, it was a catastrophe. He had like, it was, it was like five cavities or something. And I was just like, what? How is this possible? But I did a lot of research about it. I was looking into uh, vitamins that he might be missing and all of these things. So, anyway, I started him on this protocol to try to heal and reverse these cavities or at least not make them any worse. And so, part of that was eliminating any processed foods that he was getting outside of my house. Cause I always preach, because people ask me, well, what do you do when you go to a birthday party or they go mm-hmm. to a friend's house? And I'm like, Pizza well, we can. And
0: cupcakes and. Right.
1: Cake. And I've always taken the approach that, you know, we do really well at home so that when we are out at those things, it's not a big deal that they eat them. Because I also don't want to completely deprive my kids of those things so that when they are outside of my house, they go nuts and eating all of it because I was like that growing up. But so I talked to his teachers about I'm going to supply their snacks at school. We're not going to buy lunch at all. I used to let them buy lunch one time a week and we're not going to get donuts after church, like all of those things. But it turns out that these kids are met with these foods all the time when they're outside of the house. I mean, you go get your haircut and you get a lollipop, you go mm-hmm. to church and they offer you donuts or goldfish or whatever. And so I realized quickly that um the reason why our, our kids love things like macaroni and cheese and spaghettios and donuts and all that stuff is because they are constantly getting tastes of it and they're hyper palatable foods. So Compared to nutrient dense foods, the hyper palatable foods are going to win, hands down every time. And so we're kind of just at this, are just at this place where unless, you know, the whole world changes and we adapt to a more real food lifestyle, that our kids are always going to be presented with with those choices and they're always going to want to choose the mac and cheese. So
0: how do what we get I, ourselves out of this loan? I know. <laughs>
1: it's a problem. How do we just move closer to yeah. a better state? What I try to do is just talk to my kids about the foods that they're eating and point out the good qualities in them and why they make us strong and and then talk about the not so great qualities in the foods that they love. And I, I talk a lot about how we can have a donut every now and then, that's fine but it has X, Y, and Z in it. And we don't want to put those in our bodies all of the time because it can harm us and become toxic. And they're getting it. Like my oldest son is almost seven and he talks about high fructose corn syrup and we'll point out like, does that have yeah. a lot of sugar in it? So I think just education, just talking to our kids openly about these things and even just being honest and being like, you know, mommy really just wants to eat a big pizza too sometimes. But Let's try making our own at home that has really quality ingredients in it and see what we think about that. And then it's also just experimenting in the kitchen, just becoming creative and finding those recipes that they love that are that are nutrient dense. And so they'll request those more often. And I do this same thing with my kids. If we clear out the pantry and the fridge of things that I don't want them to eat that aren't necessarily good for them, and they only have the options that are presented in the in the house or at the dinner table they're more likely to take a bite of it because they know that there's no other option. And then the more that you try foods like this, the more that your taste buds will adapt and change. But if you're eating bagels on the side or ice cream or whatever, then your taste buds have a harder time of changing because they keep going back to those hyper palatable foods that I was talking about. Does that make sense? It does. So tell me about snacking. Snacks, it's almost unavoidable with kids in general. So what I try to do is do protein and fat based snacks because it holds them. What does that that look like? So anything that's meat based, like any type of meat bar, like I like the Epic um, bars or brand. the um, Meat bar? Is that like a beef jerky? so yeah there are beef jerkies epic is an actual brand that i mentioned and they have a bunch of options their story is cool they came up with their product because they needed something while they were doing this strenuous training for a a triathlon Mm -hmm. and they kept being handed like sugary filler stuff to help them get energy on their training. And they they needed something more that would satiate them more and keep their energy up. And so they created, they started packing like bacon bits in their back pocket and they would just like take out bacon as they were cycling. And then they realized that they should create something that's like a bar. So that's how they created their company. And it's true that fat and protein really does help give you long lasting energy. I also like the chomps, meat bars. I love boiled eggs raw cheese, any type of fat protein-based snack. What would be raw cheese? Like not
0: Velveeta singles, I'm assuming. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like raw cheddar cheese. It will say yeah. on the package if it's raw or not. I love the little peanut butter packets that the brand Justin does. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. What about all the diets
0: that are out there? There's South Beach, there's intermittent fasting, there's keto, there's whole 30, there's
1: macro based, there's South Beach. What what are your thoughts on all of that? So paleo is actually what I kind of adapted to years ago when I first started getting into all of this, because for me, it was, it was a more sustainable choice because I could still have sweets. It would just have better ingredients and, you know, still have noodles, but they would be zoodles instead. So Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I really wasn't missing out on much, but over the years, I've just with all the information I've learned, I've kind of gone more back to basics of what makes sense to me to eat. And what makes sense to me to eat is that what resembles what we used to eat back thousands of years ago, which is meat, mostly meat and fat and then veggies and then sometimes fruit. And that sounds really boring, I, but I still make, you know, that's like a pot roast or a steak with a side of vegetables, chia seed pudding with fruit on top. So it's like, it's still very palatable to me, but it's not exactly what I was eating a couple of years ago with um, a more paleo lifestyle. And that's kind of what I try to aim towards is just like, what makes the most sense? What's, it, it shouldn't be complicated. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be hard to do. It's just, what have we been doing for thousands of years and try to emulate that?
0: So how do you combat convenience and fast food? Like when you're working with clients, people are traveling, they're on the road, you know, they haven't had a chance to plan or do the shopping and food prepping and all of that stuff. So it's easily grab and go.
1: But our lifestyle is grab-and-go as Americans, so how do you combat that? One thing that I do do for clients is, I, depending on what city they're in, I, I normally make them a list of restaurants that are in their nearby area and walk them through the menu about what would be good choices to eat so that if they do find themselves at a restaurant, they, have, they don't feel limited in their options because there's always something on there that they can eat and feel good about. So those are kind of more of the emergency situations where we talk about like what you can eat at Chili's or Applebee's or even, even at McDonald's. Like there are options. They may not be the best option, but they're a better option mm. um, if you do find yourself eating out. And then I talk to clients a lot about just prepping. This doesn't mean that you have to make every single meal on a Sunday that you're going to eat the entire week week, but maybe hard boiling some eggs so that you have that in the fridge or chopping some vegetables that you can easily throw in the oven and roast, or just having an apple in your purse with a packet of peanut butter that you can eat on the go or having those meat bars or beef jerky, just having these things that you can fall back on if you're not able to prepare a whole meal and have the time to do that. But then also a lot of that is just planning out your menu for the week. It's so hard.
0: (laughs) It is hard.
1: And I don't even stick to mine every week. Like it changes. It's unrealistic, I think. Yeah. And sometimes we do just, I mean, I also tell clients like you don't have to make these elaborate meals. It doesn't have to be these insanely complicated recipes. You can just have eggs with bacon and kale for dinner if you want, or sauteed spinach or, you know, roasted zucchini. Like you can make it simple. And you know, you can pick up a, a roasted chicken at Whole Foods and eat that with whatever veggie you have on hand. Like it does not have to be complicated.
0: I think what I've been hearing about this is part of it, uh, what I like about it is that part of it is the education of, hey, just be mindful or understand what you're putting in your mouth. I used to love subway. like I would love the Italian BMT at subway and would, if I was on the road, just could not wait to find a Subway in any city, any town. My husband would always be mortified that (laughs) I love subways so much. And even just the thought of the meat, the deli meat being so processed, I wouldn't even walk in there now and kind of understanding what's in it or just being mindful. And even like you said, yes, my kids throw a fit all the time, but my son will say about SpaghettiOs, because we do tell them Chick-fil-A is not good for you. SpaghettiOs are not good for you. And my son will say, "Well, I I don't want to eat it because it's not good for me." And then I'll make it, them eat it because uh, that's all we have, <laughs> you know. Um, because I'm really crappy parents sometimes. So no. Tell me about some of the experiments that you probably offered to eating Whole Foods like Whole 30. And kind of determining what works for you. Like I'm thinking as you're talking about some of the convenience foods or having an apple and peanut butter. And I've had apple and peanut butter in my purse. and um, But I really want this bag of chips. And I'll have the bag of chips. So part of it is like the emotional eating aspect. And some of it is kind of making more of a commitment to a healthier lifestyle and understanding what that means from a nourishment perspective, a health perspective, because I feel so much better when i eat well and eat healthy and eat consciously
1: yeah i i mean i i tell clients and people in general that you have to do this in levels like i don't i i wasn't eating what i eat today 10 years ago when i started this journey like this yeah, is an going an illusion. to be right and it's going to be a lifelong journey like i'm mm-hmm. i'm sure 10 years from now i'll look back and and think how much I, how much how little i knew just yeah. now Um, so I think that's just, people always aim for getting it perfect and thinking like that there's going to be one day when they're just going to achieve this perfect weight, this perfect way of eating, and they're going to be unhappy until they get to that point. But in reality, we're going to be doing this our whole lives. And we're always going to struggle with certain aspects of eating. Um, so I think what I makes most sense to me is just explaining that you do this in levels. Like level one for some people might just simply be to stop eating fast food. And that is a victory. Level two might be, okay, I stopped eating fast food. Now I'm going to try to cook a couple of these meals at home, just two a week maybe. And then I can order out from, I don't know, you know, Snap Kitchen or something like that the other days. And then level three, you know, you just work your way up until you're at a place where you feel comfortable and confident in the kitchen about what you're doing. But it definitely is not a quick process. This is a marathon for sure, not a sprint. So tell me about this program that you've started for families. I think it's amazing. Yeah, we are going to do this twice a year. And it's with my friend Christine over at Nourish the Littles. That's her business name and her Instagram name. And she was in the same graduating class as me through the NTA. And she's great. And she and I just realized that there's not really anything out there that coaches parents through the process of getting their kids on board with a real food diet. So um, we came up with this six-week program. And each week, there is a module that we talk through on a video call with with our participants. And we break down the content. And then we have action items for them to carry out through the rest of that week. And so each week builds on the previous week. And so by the end of the six weeks, they've done All of these action items, and hopefully they feel in a much better place, more knowledgeable and educated about what their kids should be eating, but also just how to get them to eat those things. And then also handling the mindset about the whole process. Because like I said earlier, that's huge. We'll also have a Facebook group where we can be available to answer questions and hear everybody's situation and troubleshoot things and give out recipes and meal plans and, and all of that. So we're really excited. I was amazed it. at the low price point too, because it's,
0: you could charge I'm glad more. That you, phone.
1: you could charge I know. more. <laughs> <laughs> it's $89, but our thinking behind that was that it's a beta course. Yeah. And so that since this is our first time doing it, we want to get a lot of feedback from our this first go round, and so we felt that it was fair to do an undercharge this time, and then each time hereafter will only get more expensive. So that's what I, that's why I was telling my um, followers on Instagram that now is the time because it is a super low price, and it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, I love that it's a six week
0: program that kind of handholds some yeah. of your your families and gives them some tools and tricks. And I think so much of it I, based on our conversation today is just awareness, just starting with awareness and, and under, understanding that some's going to make you feel better than the others and some is going to be purely emotional. Right. And uh, from a kid perspective, it, it started to make me think about Like when we tell our kids, focus, just focus on finishing your homework or whatever.
1: And I wonder how much of it is tied back to food. So much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much is. And that's what blows my mind in schools. Like at my son's school, I gave up trying to change what he was eating there because it's just running against a brick wall. But they use M&Ms as counters for math. Mm -hmm. And then the kids are allowed to eat the M&Ms. The lunches there are, are atrocious goldfish are at every snack, veggie straws, Cheetos, like all of those things. It's, and it's not just our are school. Are there any we benefits have, to
0: veggie straws?
1: There are not. <laughs> there are not. Okay. There are not. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's empty is what I would say. And then some mm. of them actually have like toxic ingredients in them. But mm. what I try to tell myself and also my kids is whatever food I'm about to eat, is this going to do something good for me or is it going to go against my body? Um, which is a great way to explain to kids that, you know, like mac and cheese, for example, is this going to do anything for your body? And you can explain why. And then, you know, if you chose to do some chicken, um, that's a lame example, what kid wants to eat chicken over mac and cheese. But pick a good example. Chicken and it, yeah, maybe, chicken, maybe some homemade chicken nuggets and you can explain why that might be a better choice. Wow. So yeah. what is next for you? So I've got this program going on, and then um, I do see one-on-one clients. So I have I always have a couple of those every month that I work with. But I've gotten a lot of requests for um, a group for adults, like a group program for adults to work through because um, trying to get your kids to change their eating habits is great. But really, and this is why I work with so many moms one-on-one, it starts with us mm-hmm. because we're the ones that our kids are watching all day long. And they see what we put in our bodies and our reactions to food. And so many of us have such a difficult relationship with food emotionally that once the mom tackles that and feels in a better place with that, then it's very easy to move on to the kids because the parents are already in a really good place. And so that's just that naturally comes next. And so while I love working with parents one-on-one about that, I think it would be beneficial to have a group program. Just so that everybody can pull together their own experiences and learn from each other, um, and also be less pricey. (laughs) Yeah. What what would be your
0: overall mission? What are you hoping? What kind of contribution are you hoping to make with this line of business?
1: Well, I think. I mean, like I've said, so many of us struggle emotionally Mm -hmm. with food, and it's such a. It can take over some people's lives. That just helping them release that would be a huge reward for me and for them to be able to go through life, not feeling tied down by food choices and, and the struggle of emotional eating. But also we all do so much better on a real food diet. We Mm. all perform better. We think better. We're sharper. We act better. Food really does make such a huge impact on our actions that I think even just educating anybody about their food choices would have a positive impact and especially on our kids, because they are the next generation. And how wonderful mm-hmm. would it be to have our kids grow up as real food eaters? Mm-hmm. I know even with my kids, if we are pretty strict on their diet over a couple of weeks, I see changes in their attitude and how they sleep, how they act, how they study, all of those things. And then if we are lax on it for a couple of days, even just one day, even, it's you can tell the difference. It's kind of like TV. If you let yes. your kids Binge watch TV, they become these little hellions, zombies, but then, right. yeah, zombies. And then, if you take it away for a couple of days, all of a sudden they're so creative and imaginative in their play mm-hmm. that you're like, why would I ever let them watch TV again? But it does seep back in. And so, it's just a constant awareness of, of controlling that. That's awesome. So, how can people find you, Sloan? My website, Simon Says Real And then I'm also on Instagram at Simon Says Real Food awesome well thank you so much Sloan this was great I learned so much from this I'm so glad thanks for having me on here
0: thank you so much Sloan Simon I have linked all of our info in the show notes and if you're interested in our coaching program you can click the link and sign right up it sounds like such a great deal to have some guidance to getting your family on the right tra- track for food especially when you have picky eaters text me at 470. 470- 242 And let me know what you thought about this episode or any comments you have in general. Little Left of Center podcast is available everywhere you listen and more. I hope that you share this episode and streaming on Salesforce radio and on Decatur FM please subscribe to my podcast, leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps people find me and really helps me shape future shows that will only get better with your input. And culture changing is really a movement, but only works when the ideas are shared. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I will see you next week.